as a cricket fan and a broadcaster I'm a massive fan of this man sanjay manjrekar wonderful to see you most important question are the family and you safe and healthy absolutely yeah and i've had my covid test done about five or six times and i keep sort of getting an update on my covid health <laughs> <laughs> the sg ball versus duke i mean lot has been said as we've come off the back of the first test in chennai going into the second ashwin and virat went public with this saying they've never seen a ball in poorer condition you know this coming off at the seams of course the manufacturers say it's because of the hardness of the pitch ashwin said quote and quote bizarre i want to understand where you stand as far as uh, you know the the cricket ball is concerned obviously having played so much cricket the sg versus duke yes they're absolutely right because i couldn't believe when i saw the seem on television i was watching the game on television and these days in the coverage is so good that we can actually see the seam of the ball in our time we couldn't identify who was playing and you know we just assume from the style that a certain player was playing has been the indian ball for years now and it's used to indian pitches so this is what i would call a very very uh, poor batch of sg test because it's we've seen pitches like this before but i've never seen the sg test ball become the way it's, uh, it had in the chennai test yeah and also let's come to the no balls being bowled i mean you see one view is you've taken it out of the hands of the field umpires but to f- see a guy like ashwin who for 74 tests has not bowled any no balls and all of a sudden he's being bowled no balled shabaz nadeem of course is just unbelievable the number of no balls uh, he used to bowl is it also a mindset of the on field umpires which led to less no balls being called? called earlier saying boss he's a spinner he's not going to overstep so they took it easy you know the fact that these no balls have gone up so much for spinners absolutely that could be one of the reasons and the other thing is also that the guy who's up there looking at that line is going very very stringent on it because you know when ashwin goes over a millimeter from that you know bowling crease it's called a no ball because he has to do it because he sees the evidence so he calls it a no ball on field umpires no way is going to give that as a no ball so yes uh, a lot of those no balls would have been missed by the on field umpires and i take a, take a little more of a you know i'd look at the larger picture uh, the no ball came in so that it prevented fast bowlers from going down halfway down the pitch and hitting the batsman so ashwin a millimeter forward is not going to trouble any batsman or there was there is no risk of physical injury to the batsman so I have no problem with on field umpire missing the odd no ball but we live in an era where everything has been seen on television and then everything gets hyped up exaggerated it's so obviously the administrators react to that and now that it's in charge of the guy who has to look at that line he has no choice but to call every foot that goes a millimeter over a no ball but having said that the english bowlers didn't bowl too many so it's a problem that the indian coaching staff have to look to address and it starts uh, by you know being very very serious about it in the nets so virat has also said the backup spinners which is so obvious is just washington and nadeem let the team down in that aspect i mean the the argument still remains that kuldeep also spins the ball in the same direction as ashwin and washington uh, nadeem would you term him as a disappointment in this particular test what are our options before we go into uh, chennai on saturday again are you going to you know bring back kuldeep it's a question hundreds must have asked you millions even but i have to ask you <laughs> see the thing is you know ashwin bowled as well as he could and uh, shabaz nadeem to me was a disappointment in fact i had shabaz nadeem in my team before akshar patel purely because this guy has taken a lot of wickets at the first class level and seems ideally suited to bowl on a typical indian turner but he is also afflicted by this new thing that you know i'm going to reveal in hindustan times uh, tomorrow so i don't mind actually revealing it here as well i'm talking about strength and fitness for the spinners too you know indian cricket we've seen batsmen become strong they're running between the wicket is excellent 
and that's all down to their improved fitness levels the fielding standards also have generally improved i think it's time that the indian spinners also get fitter and stronger there had that been the case i think india would have fared a lot better in chennai shahbaz nadim also seemed to have come from that same sort of background of an indian spinner who's got wickets on indian pitches by just using the fingers and the arms never needed to really become a strong uh, cricketer or a strong physically kind of a physically strong spinner so shahbaz nadim was a disappointment purely because he wasn't getting much out of the pitch and also i think in the first innings he was a bit tense there was no control the problem with kuldeep yadav uh, rishi is that he's also got this weakness of being slow in the air and slow off the pitch now slow in the air is nice you know it's great to be slow in the air but you've got to be quick off the pitch on this chennai slow turner he would have also had his work cut out really you know we all love ajinkya we love his temperament and look how he captain the side but those scores you know which you have also made public is something that we need to look at after that 100 in australia are you still going to back him i mean what are the other options for our middle order see batting options always there for india and i don't think the time has yet uh, come to sack ajinkya rane and get somebody else in but it's been something that i have noticed with ajinkya rane for the last 3 4 years where uh, you know a batsman gets 100 and then everything sort of falls into place you're out of form you get 100 and the next match you carry that confidence into the next game and the batsman is back in form you know that's what we say about any batsman that's the pattern of any decent player Ajinkya Rane is an enigma. It seems like a hundred doesn't really change him as a batsman because this has happened very often in the past as well. If you look at his string of scores, there's been one inning that you would think, you know, Ajinkya Rane, wow, he looks as good as he has done before. And now you'll see Ajinkya Rane at his best and what you get later is Ajinkya Rane at his worst. So now he got that hundred in Melbourne, 27 not out of the second inning. You would think, you know, two match-winning uh, innings. Ajinkya Rane will walk out in the next game as the king of australia you know going out as if the world uh, he was commanding the situation there wasn't the case and there've been six low scores after that 100 so that is something that ajinkya rahane himself must look at and the team management and the selectors too as to what happens uh, rishi uh, forgive me for the slightly long answer is that uh, if you are not able to carry your form you don't really help the team as much as you can now joe root he's carrying his form right from sri lanka to india and not just getting hundreds he's getting 200 so he's making for up for all those guys who are trying to get into form so if you've got a guy who's got a 100 and he's not able to carry his form then he's getting enough runs just to keep his place at the side but the team doesn't really benefit from that logical next question i've you've segued into it how does one get joe root out do you have any idea some people say you know get that reverse swing going you know get him to falter when he sweeps your ideas see if he's going to play an attacking shot to a good ball then you know there's always a chance the bowler will get him out it's something that is beyond the control of a fielding team or a bowler so you keep doing that if he plays that kind of a shot gets out good but uh, if i tweeted that as well you know the thing is i watch so much cricket that i seem to have answers for everything that's lovely that's lovely <laughs> you know shubman gill for example is a superb player but he's got this backward trigger movement and you know when the ball is pitched up they're slightly late you know these guys who have a backward trigger movement slightly late on the ball that is pitched up all great uh, batsmen had that little vulnerability at the start of the inning hashim amla was the same so very often he would get dropped in the slip and get 
a double hundred. Steve Waugh had the same issue. So Joe Root, I think that is where you need you need to be at the start of his inning. Have every ball outside the off some driving length, whether it's a spinner or a seam bowler, and just hope for the best. Hmm. Jimmy Anderson, my oh my, that display of reverse swing, especially that one over where he got Shubman as well as Rahane. Uh, you know, it's unbelievable. He's thirty-eight. Look at that the washboard abs. I, just a, a little <laughs> bit on this marvel. <laughs> See, England are also using him very well. So Jimmy Anderson these days when he's bowling for England in Test matches is always a fresh bowler. So the age is a thing. You know, age is a number. If you haven't played as much cricket, then you're not that tired. of an old man you know it depends on how much work you've done in your life for example tendulkar at the age of 60 people thought you know such a raw young batsman a kid but this guy had played as much cricket as a 23 year old would have done at his age so he was a hardened proper seasoned batsman so well done to england for using jimmy anderson in that fashion the thing with experienced bowlers is they know where the wickets lie on certain kind of pitches and very smart move from england when they got him when the ball was slightly reverse swinging plus the ball was also not very old the seam was not in tatter so it responded more for jimmy anderson and then comes the execution part you know it was brilliant the swing and the length you know the length like it's something that i've discovered after i've quit the game and i've watched it that the length the bowler bows is the most crucial aspect of bowling and for a batsman judging the length more than the line length first is the key so those were great lengths that were slightly misjudged by both gill and ajinkya rahane and the class of jimmy anderson just came through england's rotation policy sanjay i mean archer and stokes didn't play in sri lanka now butler is going home wokes hasn't played any cricket and technically butler is only going to go back to extreme lockdown because they have really locked down the country from an india perspective can we do something like that considering bumrah and virat are perhaps the only two guys who play all formats of the game and i'm worried for bumrah for one you know you see him bowling like this and we're like can he be rested for the odis you know do we have more pace bowling options i know that shami and yadav are out so that rotation policy and can it apply to india it can apply to india especially when it comes to the seam bowlers and i'm hearing some murmurs about uh, bumrah getting rested but bumrah rested in the final test in australia as well so he's had that time off but he did a lot of work in this test match because he wasn't just bowling seam he was bowling a lot of yorkers and yorkers take a lot out of a fast bowler and this is something that i've come to know from one of the greatest fast bowlers wasim akram where he hated having to bowl a yorker because it just took a lot out of him more than a bouncer so a bumrah is rested india you know thankfully indian cricket has quality depth in seam bowling so if bumrah is rested i don't think india will be suddenly weakened as a bowling unit because there is that exciting option of having a mohammad siraj who in conditions like this uh, would actually be a better option than somebody like an ishan sharma who played in the first test so nir shardul thakur who is bowled a lot on these kind of pitches at the ranji level so I don't think India will be very weakened if Bumrah doesn't play and if they rest him I don't think it's such a bad idea. Let's talk about Rishabh because now that debate over you know should Saha play or him play has gotten out of the door after the yeah. Gabba test even though Saha is a better wicketkeeper we all acknowledge that. But there's another discussion about can he play responsibly? Either you turn around like what Sunny Gavaskar says that you know we let Krish Srikanth be. <laughs> we said this iska kuch nahi ho sakta hai. Let Krish Srikanth just be and play. When he plays he gets his a big one otherwise he'll he'll let you down. Are they going to adopt that attitude a, a la Krish Srikanth 
playing days attitude to rishabh let's face one i mean understand one thing that rishabh pant is slightly in a different league when it comes to being a test batsman yeah. shrikant was more limited overs you know game changer in test matches he wasn't that important to the batting side indian batting side like uh, rishabh pant is now rishi you know <laughs> rishabh pant is a great great subject for me it's he's got me to unlearn a lot of things washington sundar as well becoming a test player from the t20 route is also getting all of us um, you know grown up and having certain principles of game when it comes to analysis selection everything we have got to unlearn so rishabh pant has been around for 3 4 years and i've had different views about him through those 3 4 years and finally what i'm looking at with rishabh pant is not the way he bats but how much he gets in the end and i want to see a reasonable amount of consistency as a batsman whether he starts off playing a falling sweep ball number 1 it doesn't matter and when i look at his numbers of late and the short career that he's had the last time i looked at his numbers they were very interesting where he had just four good innings of 290s and 200s and rest were all failures 18 failures four good innings but since then something's changed you know there is a method to his madness and he's become quite consistent and anybody who can win your test match like he did in brisbane there's got to be some kind of an x factor attached to his batting his keeping i'm not very optimistic about his long term future as keeper he might surprise all of us but rishabh pant uh, let him play the way he wants i think he takes a lot of risk to begin with and then slightly tones down it's his way of getting in you know which is completely different from the old adage of batting so rishabh pant exciting topic in the game currently there's something special about him and again you know there were contributions that he made in the first innings of this test match and the last five or six innings poor fellow hasn't got a 100 but he's got an 80 and he's got a couple of 90s doing well you think in this series i mean let's not think as far as the pink ball test we'll come back and make it one all at chepok now that we're going into another one see my motto the last one or two years test cricket has changed drastically you know where we don't have one great team like the west indies in the 70s 80s and early 90s and the australians after that where you could predict a result look at india india is a good team but it was all out 36 you know recently 36 all out which is the lowest score for india since they started playing test cricket which is a, a massive sort of occurrence 36 all out then they go on to win the next test match by an innings and some you know runs and then go on to win the series so here's a team coming back england have won the first test that's why i made no prediction before a series because i love making prediction based on cricketing logic the cricketing logic is now going out of the window a lot of times i mean look at west indies yep. you know <laughs> the win that they had recently sri lanka beating south africa in south africa when kushal parera played that kind of an inning so the game is changing in the last 2 3 years which is exciting for test cricket as a whole so that's why the result could be india beating england in the next uh, test it could also be england beating india it could also be india winning the next three test matches who knows and that is what is you know it's a nice dose of life for test match cricket that there is so much unpredictability now i want to talk about your career highlights I mean, my father 77 and you know when he talks of of vijay majrekar this is almost a reverence you know to any cricket lover of that era uh, legend has it that you never saw your dad bat i mean uh, was there a lot of pressure when sanjay majrekar first came on saying you know he's the great man's son and how did you deal with that did you deal it with the nonchalance of youth or did it actually <laughs> pressurize you <laughs> 
I didn't see my father bat at a decent level. I may have gone seen some of his club matches, but I was never interested in watching cricket. I never watched cricket or listened to commentary. I liked playing cricket, so that is what I did. Even when he was playing on the ground, I was playing, you know, in some room or behind the pavilion, getting somebody to bowl to me. And then my father would, in the evening, when we were going back home, he would say, "Did you see me play that particular shot?" And I said, "Yeah, I loved it very much." Didn't watch a single ball that he played, but uh, he retired in '65, and I was born after he retired. So there wasn't that much pressure. I enjoyed the attention that I got as Vijay Mandarika's son because then you know when there was a selection trial and there were hundreds of boys there, I was singled out as ah this is Vijay Mandarika's son. But then the other side immediately sort of kicked in, saying ah he's not as good as far as his father. So it eventually evened out. But I think more advantages for just getting that attention rather than you know. Saying that you know, I suffered because I was Vijay Mandarika's son. No such case with me. The 108 at Bridgetown Barbados. You know, it's a long way away, Sanjay. April of 1989. But the fact that Courtney Walsh, Ian Bishop, uh, the late and great Malcolm Marshall, and uh, Kirtley Ambrose was streaming down. Uh, of course, the Windies won by eight wickets. But you did a you made a valiant 108. Your most significant memories of that one. See, I'm proud of that effort because that was my second test that I got to bat in. Uh, there was a test match earlier, which was a draw and. Uh, It rained uh, in that test match. So the test match before that, where I made my debut, I was hit in the eye and I retired hurt in the second innings. And a facial injury can be a very psychological injury. It has destroyed the careers of a lot of batsmen. Sorry, Dinka, was it Benjamin? Was it Benjamin who hit you? Winston Benjamin. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. Winston Benjamin. So uh, you know these kind of injuries would have a psychological long-term effect on batsmen. And in that time, uh, she before the helmets had arrived. Being wary of the cricket ball, and you know injuries were very common, and as a result, the fast bowlers thrived because there was a certain amount of fear that batsmen had. So they had to conquer that first, and then the other aspects of their bowling. So I was proud that after that injury, in the very next Test match, I went into their own backyard and I got a hundred. So that was like me feeling on top of the world. You know, there's so much about that Pakistan tour of 1989. You know, I could delve into the 50s, which are equally important. It's not the numbers so much, but I'm I'm going to stay with the hundreds. I mean, you are easily the resident expert on reverse bowling, <laughs> reverse swing, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because there's Wasim Wakar bowling at you with Imran. He was still around, and of course Abdul Kader in the spin department. And 113 not out in Karachi, November of 1989. And then you followed that up another drawn game with Imran Wasim and Abdul, and you batted for nine and a half hours with a two hundred and eighteen in Lahore. So just your your Karachi innings, your Lahore innings. See, the interesting thing is when you're young, and this is your first sort of exposure at the highest level. Now reverse swing and how it happened. One side is shiny and the other rough, and all. I had no idea about. Anything of that shows you that if you keep it simple, it often works. So I just watched the ball till the end, and reverse swing and pace in the air never bothered me because my technique was such that I had a short backlift and I played the ball late, which you need to do with the reverse swing. So guys who have a big backlift and love to take a stride forward, they struggle a little more. So I had no issues. Pakistan, that whole series for me is like um, got a just blurry memories of it because you know when you're playing well, uh, it's almost like you're in autopilot mode. You know, the zone like. Yeah, <laughs> and that is what happened to me right through the series. So 
particular moments and you know particular spells i have no memory but it is uh, an example of a performer just performing at his best without really thinking too much and not caring about it too much went out that did the job like kishor kumar rendered i guess all his song that he went into the studio just sang a song for in 7 minutes and 30 40 years later we still swooning over those kind of you know performances so it was just an autopilot uh, a kind of batsmanship for me but i have to commend you i mean everybody talks about pujara uh, spending these hours at the crease i mean you spent up to 11 hours 9 and a half hours you just did it so in that aspect i know former cricketers talk about oh we didn't work that much on the, on our fitness but you either you were inherently fit it was the genes or you worked at it i don't know tell me <laughs> uh, see the thing was when we were growing up uh, th- this is what we modeled ourselves on so the big uh, you know goal was to bat like sunil gavaskar or a javed miyadad and in mumbai you know there is a thing about uh, i mean it's very famous that if you get 30 and you get out the selector or the coach would be very unhappy if you got 5 zeros and then you got a 100 or a 200 so that is the player that they like so they didn't like anybody who got out in the 30 so it was drilled into our heads that you've got to get big 100 so that is what i was conditioned to do so getting those hundreds at that level wasn't such a big deal physically uh, i just had that kind of you know attitude and perhaps uh, the body to keep playing those kind of innings fortunately the hours may be quite long there but i also got runs pretty quickly during those innings so that also helped the one inning that i get a lot of you know i get uh, needled and teased and uh, people try to so there's a lot of banter around the innings that i played against zimbabwe where it was another marathon effort at a very very slow strike rate and ian chapel keeps teasing me about that inning he reads out the bowling attack and says i guess these bowlers so many hours to get a 100 what were you doing i said it was a match saving innings ian and i'm very proud of it and he keeps saying back Edo Brandes strike course and he kept taking these names that not too many people have heard of but yeah that was more of pujara like effort in karachi and uh, in lahore it was just one of the many testing that batsmen of our generation played you know when i was a kid i used to watch these games at the jawala nehru stadium in delhi with the track and field track around and i yeah, used to find yeah. it very peculiar yeah. that you know you're playing on the patch of green in the middle and you got 100 there 105 against south africa in new delhi of course a good game uh, even though india you know south africa won that particular game good game for the indian batsmen i mean i think uh, ravi shastri got 100 shrikant got a 50 you got 105 so anything you remember about that one see don't just say you got 100 say i got 180 balls yes of course yes <laughs> Yes yes you did so, you that's know, quite remarkable yeah, yeah yeah so the other day somebody was trying as uh, tweeted to me saying <laughs> that you know pujara and pant batting together or you know when you have akash chopra and virudh seva uh, another example is sanjay mandrek and mohammad azharuddin i think that's a bad example you know because i was a man of the series in one day cricket uh, you know two or three times in my career so i'm not quite like the pujaras or the akash chopra just trying to sort of make my case there so yes if needed i could bat like that but i was uh, obviously more a defensive player to be fair and uh, the i had the odd you know series where i scored quickly and if the team needed it for the you know i, I was able to do it but i was not like a tendulkar or a viran sevag that i could win a game on my own just by my sheer you know attacking stroke play. and when i said 11 hours i meant that uh, semi final 1991 against hyderabad in ranji 377 and 11 hours at the crease with five sixes also and these were the glory days of mumbai cricket wasn't it i mean sachin tendulkar vinod kamli dilip vengsarkar sanjay manjrekar in the middle order that must be a fabulous memory <laughs> yeah. 
yes sanjay mandrekar is the captain as well of the mumbai ranji team and it is amazing how mumbai cricket thought at the time because when you look at that whole lineup uh, delhi vengsar is playing under me and i am the captain ravi shastri has played under me so you know they identified a future kind of captain who would spend more time with the mumbai team and that's how you know the knowledge and the baton got passed 11 hours it was a semi final game so it was not one of those random ranji games also so proud of that innings only because of the weather conditions it was uh, i think uh, summer time and the old vankhede stadium was the hottest place in mumbai city <laughs> you know in april may and to have batted that long in that heat so it was uh, i was just you know proud of myself that i was able to survive that long in that kind of heat the bowling quality wasn't the greatest they had two indian spinners though in venkatpati raju and arshad ayu that i remember from that game just feeling very very tired after that particular innings you've spoken about this particular innings uh, in print but not on this platform i'd like your views you come down at number 7 1994 against the west indies the first test in mumbai and um, you know you hit a 66 and that's an innings of great pride for you and please explain yeah that was my comeback test match i had lost my place in the side but i always knew that i would come back and i came back uh, in a tough test match against the west indies and i was batting down the order i don't know what what i was doing at number 6 uh, number 7 i thought i was batting number 6 maybe there was a night watchman the day before or whatever but it's uh, i've got two 50s in that test match and uh, they are ranked as you know important 50 that helped india win the test but that is where you know i realized that i fell short of the great batsmen who make comeback of the kind that i made because uh, any other you know exceptional batsman a better batsman than me would have converted those two uh, 50s into 200s because i remember sunil gavaskar meeting me after that 66 and the way i got out and he said missed an opportunity because these are guys who wouldn't let go of such opportunities you're set you've got the opposition on the mat that's the time to make it count and comebacks when you've been dropped once before you just have to get even more runs to convince the guys who dropped you that you are good enough to come back the first time you know you get a little bit of uh, understanding and there is certain amount of leniency and that was my big sort of uh, shortcoming on my comeback trail that none of the 50s 60s i converted into big hundreds yeah but you know you've done indian cricket great service both as a player as well as a broadcaster last couple of questions we know you're a great singer but we play english music what's on your phone in terms of english music or any artists you heard when you were in college or you know when you were in your playing days or even now <laughs> what kind of music i have, I have a strange taste in the sense that i don't watch too many hindi films but i only listen to hindi songs i can't <laughs> understand and i just can't connect with english music but uh, there's still something you know music that i listen to i'm a big fan of amy winehouse because ah, when i listen to her you know i think wow you know that's some great singer and the obvious you know legendary singers but uh, me talking about uh, uh, english music would not be correct because i'm a novice at that i'm not an expert at all in these songs yes your favorite travel destination where do you like to go and just chill <laughs> earlier it used to be europe but i've seen too much of it so now i think i'm not i mean i've got enough places within india to just chill and relax but i've reached a stage in my life where i want to discover new things so on the bucket list as they say is south america and i want to either go to antarctica or the arctic what kind of food is your favorite food do you like indian cuisine do you like chinese or do you like continental <laughs> i'm a foodie i live to eat uh, so the big events in my day are you know the meal times so every meal is an event 
I like all kinds, but um, you know what gets me really excited is a typical sort of Muslim non-vegetarian red meat stuff gets me excited. I don't overindulge in it. It's something that uh, you know I love, and I love British food as well. So those are the two favorites, and the steamed variety of the Chinese Oriental cuisine I love. Sanjay Manjrekar, you're a kind man. I remain a fan. Thank you so much Thank for your you. time, your patience, your energy, and uh, hope you. to see you soon. Thank Take you. care. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having me.